Get ready. Because you're about to get equipped. Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. I love Anne-Marie's voice. She's in my mini church. Every time I see her, I go, top of the morning to you. Excellent. Top of the morning. She, they are awesome people. Did you catch that one line? We love making babies. That hasn't got the response I thought it should yet. Even on Friday night, they were kind of, huh? That was a great line. So how's everybody doing this morning? Are we awake? Wish I could say the same. Well, it's good to be here. I can't wait until it gets lighter earlier. Because when I get up in the morning, it is dark. I'm thinking, ugh, no one's going to come to church this morning. It's so dark. Anyhow, thank you for coming. If you, I don't know if you've seen the thing, things uh, changing around here a little bit. We've moved our handicapped parking, if that applies to anyone in here, right outside, close to the courtyard there. We're about to move, uh, move into our offices shortly. They look awesome. And as soon as we do, the offices we're going to be in are out of here. And that is, happens to be right in front of the existing handicapped parking, so that's no longer there. Also, if you're on the campus for several services on Sunday morning, we just ask you, don't park where our guests could be parking, because you'll be there quite a bit at the time, and we've li limited the spacing. So if you don't mind, we'd love you to park right behind the clamshell here, the sanctuary, or up on top. It's easy walk down, so that'd be cool. Everybody okay with that? Things are moving around here. It's getting exciting. How many of you, let me get into my notes here, I want you guys to turn to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. How many of you, when we turned the clock to 2012, said, you know what, this year I am going to get closer to the Lord, I'm going to be able to hear his voice more clearly, love him more intimately, just be closer to God? How many, how many said that when we turned that corner, you know? That, you know, that is, that's a very important goal. And if I just want to encourage you as we get into January here to keep that goal going. You know, there's, if you do have a smartphone, there's you version on your smartphone has beautiful, awesome reading plans, or you can go on crosswalk.com or bluebible.blueletterbible.com. Excellent reading uh, plans there to really draw you closer to the Lord. You know, I, and, and if, you, if you want something even simpler, we here at Hope Chapel are going through the books of the Bible, and we're in 1 Corinthians. We just started. We're in chapter 1. You could do this. You could go to the Logos bookstore here in Kailua or Agape in, or Agape's in Kailua. Logos is in town. Get some notes and go through 1 Corinthians with us so you really get an understanding of the word. Because sometimes we get, we get nervous when we're talking to other people who don't know God and we're talking about God and we go, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not qualified to talk on that level, so we don't. And all it really just comes down, comes down to just being in the word, studying the word. And by the way, when you do that, guess what? You get to really know God closer. You get to really spend time listening to him. I love that bumper sticker. It says, I miss your voice. Please call home, God. You know, that's true. You know, if you, if we're, we have to be able to really hear his voice, and he has to get to know ours, so we really come to trust him. So as we go through 1 Corinthians, come and hang out with us in that word. You know, and it's really important that you remember that, you know, this word was written in the very first century in about 50 A.D. And here we are in the 21st century, and it's as relevant, it was relevant back then, and it's as relevant today as it was then. I mean, the, what we're going to study today is amazing. You know, Paul, of course, was talking to a church that he started in Corinth. But he was also, you know, talking about division of the church and making sure that we live in harmony and unity in the church, the church family. 
And an underlying theme of 1 Corinthians is that the people there would learn to live and minister in an ever-increasing secular society. An ever-increasing society where they try to push God completely out of the culture. Does that sound familiar to anywhere you live today? It does. Especially, you know, where you live in Hawaii. And we've, we've experiencing it, and we're going to talk about that. So everybody turn to 1 Corinthians, uh, first chapter, and we're going to be in verse 18. And here we are, Paul's actually, he's, what he's doing is he's drawing right from verse 18, he's drawing a line in the sand, right there, just draws a line in the sand. And he says, you're either on one side or the other. You're either saved or you're not. You either have come to realize that there is a creator of the world, and he created all this, he created me, and he has a plan for my life, or you're on the other side of the line, and you see all of this as complete foolishness. And he's, Paul's going to tell us this morning, there's either one side or the other. But what side are you on? Here's what it says in verse 18. It says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know that it is the very power of God. Let me read that again. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know that it's the very power of God. How many before you got saved actually thought that, the, that this whole Christian going to church God thing was completely foolish? Anybody with me in my camp? Anybody saw it that way? Yes. How many people know people, even though you've come to the Lord and love the Lord, live with people who still think that you're foolish for getting up early at 7 o'clock on Sunday morning going to church? We live in that world where people literally think what we're doing is completely foolish. Ah, oh, it's just a crutch. You know, get it real. But the, re the reality is that we've come and we've collided. Our life has collided with God in such a powerful way that no people around us, really, it's hard for them to really understand us now. The person we were before and the person we are now don't even recognize each other. I want you to know that video that you just saw of Tasha Morris. You know, I've known Tasha for, quite, for not a long time, but I have known her for quite a while. And she is one of the most loving, caring. I mean, I love to see her. She happened to have been in my mini church too. And by the way, if you're not in mini church, as far as growing deeper in your walk with the Lord, I hope that you make a commitment to getting into mini church. Because people like Tasha and her husband, Coleco, or the people who did the video with Vic and Anne Marie, those folks are hanging out in mini church. And I love seeing them regularly. It's, it's an amazing time. I look forward to seeing them. I mean, you know, I can't wait to see them and hang out and discuss the word. In fact, this last week, if I'm taking a little digression here, this last week we talked about division in the church. Remember last week? Remember last week? Remember last week? Excellent, we're awake. We talked about division in the church, but we got it down. We, most of my, not all, but most of the people in my mini church are married, like Vic and Anne Marie. And Deb and myself, and we were talking about division in the home. We got in a really good discussion about that, which was really important for, the, for our group. And talking about, you know, the word says that a house divided will not stand. And absolutely, the word that we're talking about, that the family, the church family, God says, I want harmony and unity in the church under one spirit. And of course, God has to be saying he wants harmony and unity in the home under one spirit and it was awesome so if you're not in mini church i hope you come see me after this service and i will find a great mini church for you 
But we're, we're talking about the word, and, and it said that Paul's saying that when, for us in this room, when the Holy Spirit and God collided in our life, we are never the same. We are never the same. From thinking this whole thing was foolish, did anybody ever try to read the Bible before they were saved? If you ever try to read the Bible before you're saved, you keep reading it over and over, and it made absolutely no sense to you, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came, and the Word became alive to you. I, we're going to talk about this in a second, but I just want to look in verse 21 really fast. It says, since God in all his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. Let me read that one again. It says, since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through, through human wisdom. So you see, all those people out there who see what we're doing this morning, loving and worshiping, and making a priority in our life, God, those who see us as absolutely being foolish, they'll, they're going to see it that way for, the, for until they've come and collided with the Holy Spirit. Because anybody in here ever seen a miracle? Anybody ever seen a miracle? Is anybody in here saved? Let me ask that question. Anybody here saved? Raise your hand. Guess what? You're a miracle. You're a miracle. Because you and God touched each other. And the Holy Spirit came and lives in your life. I like to say it this way. When we walk into a room as Christians in a foolish world, maybe that, that world, by the way, you know what the word foolish in the original language? It was mora. Where do we get, what word do we get from mora? Moron. Sorry. I was watching Bill Maher. Anybody ever watch Bill Maher? Yeah. Foolish. Moron. Sorry. Bill Maher, by the way, does everybody know, are you guys awake? You know Bill Maher is? Oh, man, he infuriates me, but we'll get to that in a minute. But if you think about it, you think about it from Bill Maher's perspective, those who are, don't really understand the word. Here, here, just think about it this way. God became man. God was killed by man to save man. So on the very brush of it, you're thinking, that does sound foolish. I mean, if we were starting a world religion, if we, were, if we were God and we were starting a world religion, don't you think that we would kind of think it through and we would go, hmm, I'd probably get the smartest people in Israel, in the Middle East, if I came to the Middle East. I'd get the smartest, the kings, the, everybody that's so smart. And you know what I would do? If I was trying to get them to reconcile with me for their misbehavior and their sin, I'd make them earn it. Wouldn't we? We'd make them earn it. Yeah, like, I'm going to make you earn it. You, you offended me. I'm going to make you earn your way to heaven. But that is the last thing God did. In the reality, he came, and I wish we had a cross. We don't have that cross. But in reality, he came and died for our sins. And there's nothing we did to earn it. You know, sometimes we go through life and we think, you know what, i got to be better, man. God can't possibly love me in the behavior in, in, that I'm doing right now. No, he doesn't like your behavior. But I, I want you to know clearly that you can do nothing back then and you can do nothing tomorrow to get him to love you more than he loves you right now. And that is a reality. When he said, come and be my child, do you realize, I digress again, sorry. But, in John, I'm going to turn to John really fast. 
Let me turn to John. You don't need to turn there. John 15. I think I have it here. John 15. Wait, I'm going the wrong way. John 15. When I get away from my notes, I've got to rethink, reprogram my brain. But I love this, what it says. This. Remember this, folks. Living in a foolish world and you being different than them. It says in, Rome, in 15, 16, it says this, you didn't choose me, I chose you, and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. Let me read that again. You didn't choose me, I chose you, and I appoint you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. You see, when that happened, when, when your life and God's life, God's spirit collided he said, come and live with me. Many of us go, I found God. Anybody like that? I found God? Well, that is completely wrong. It just told us that God came and said, you're mine. You are my child. When he said, you're ch- I chose you to be with me and produce fruit, he's saying, I chose you to be my child and to be my friend and to partner with me and change the world. The fruit he's talking about is the world we live in, the world that God puts you in the family unit, the neighborhood, the working environment that you live, the shops that you go to, that world that you live in and only you live in, I want you to produce fruit in that world. I want the people in that world to know me. That's what he's saying, to produce fruit. You know, I like to say it this way. We as Christians, filled with the Holy Spirit, whenever we walk into any situation we walk in that situation with the Holy Spirit in us, and we should change the very environment of that room. The very environment of that room should change the minute we showed up. I mean, clearly, empowered by God's wisdom. We read in James. We just came through the book of James recently. In the first chapter, it says, if you want wisdom, all you have to do is what? Ask. And when we ask, what do we have to do? Listen. Listen. And he'll be glad to tell you. Whatever situation we're in, it's an amazing thing. Because when we've been touched, like Tasha, washed by the blood of Jesus, she was in this church for quite some time and not saved. Did you know that, Tammy? I didn't know that. And she's very close. Tammy, our women's pastor, is very close to Tosh. And I didn't know that. Did you know that, Evelyn? The folks that really know her? Well, she sat in here a long time without being really, and then when she got saved, I, I mean, seriously, her and her husband, her husband, when I moved to Hawaii, I would call him, and I, if this is a bad word, I'm sorry. He's a moke. <laughs> I mean, Coleco is the last guy you want to see one-on-one in a dark alley. He's a big boy. Doesn't smile naturally, you know. The sweetest man on this planet. Calico. But he wasn't always. What happened to him? He got touched by the love of Jesus. By the love of Jesus. Just like you and me. I want you to, I want you to turn over to Ephesians, the third chapter, because I want you to know these. Get your smartphone, bookmark it. But I need you to go to third, the, the Ephesians, the third chapter, because I want you to know where this is at. Paul's writing this book too. The same Paul that's writing the book we're in. It says this in verse 14 of chapter 3 of Ephesians. I want you to highlight this. This is a spiritual prayer, but this is a, this is a word 
that just so touches me, and I know it would touch you. If you started out every day reading this, I promise you, you would feel amazing. Everybody there? In Ephesians 3.14, it says this. When I think of all of this, in the version that I memorize this, and it says, when I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall on my knees. This is Paul writing. I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. And by the way, what was his plan? What was God's plan? When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, God's plan was to become a man, to live among us, to experience what we experience, to die for us so that we could spend eternity in heaven. When I think of that plan, I pray that from God's glorious, unlimited resources, he'll empower us with the inner strength through his spirit. That means from his unlimited, glorious, unlimited resources, that means nothing is impossible for God. If you're in class or you're at work or you're home, if you're at work and your work, by the way, Dan Beach, old friend of the church, amazing guys coming to that small business. If you own a business or you're an entrepreneur and you have a desire to run a business or do this business, Come join us on February 11th in this room, and Dan will be here talking about it. But if you have a business, or you're, you're an operation in a business, and you need new creative ideas, you, as being a Christian, a lover of God, washed by his blood, I promise you, I really believe this, we should be the most creative people on the planet. Why is that? Back to James. If you want wisdom, ask. We sh- I mean, it should be pumping through our brains because the creator of the universe is talking to us. If what? We're listening. And look what it says. is from his glorious unlimited resources. He gives us a mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you come to trust him. May your roots grow deep down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep, and how high his love really is. You may experience this love of Christ, though it's so great you'll never fully understand it. Then you'll be made complete in all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You'll be made complete. So when you come into that room and all the unbelievers are in that office or in that neighborhood or in your family party and they're thinking and you're trying to communicate with them, just remember, you have something they want. They just don't know it. There's an emptiness in them like it was in you that you have the ability through God's love that's going to pour out, that pours out of us when we're in that situation. That the people who think you're foolish will come to know you in a powerful way, come to know God in a powerful way, just like Tosh did. And by the way, if I had a microphone and I went around this room, many of you in the room would have a story like Tosh's that not maybe like hers in the sense of of her issues, but your own issues where the power of God so came and radically changed you, it's unmistakable that you've been touched by a miraculous God who loves you. That you'd come to know the height, the width, the length, and the depth of his love. And I love this one. In verse 20, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare, ask, or think. Okay, now I want you to put the two scriptures I read together. The one that says that we are chosen by God to produce fruit that will last, and that's lives touched, with this scripture that when, we're, when we really come to know 
the depth of God's love for you and me. And that he's given us anything we need. All we need to do is ask. And that he'll, through us, uh, accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare, dream, ask, or hope. That means the world in which we live shouldn't even be recognizable when we walk in it. Did I communicate that? Did you get that? Teacher, did you, did you get that, teacher? Because I want you to walk out here knowing that you have the ability to change the world you're in, and God's given it to you. Then, but we have a little bit of an issue here in the Western world. Not so courageous. Not so courageous. And here's what the word says in the first century. Read, and, and Paul, read, go back to 1 Corinthians with me. And Paul, being a Jew, understanding the Old Testament, in verse uh, 19 of 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, it says this. This is from Isaiah 29. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where, there, uh, where does that leave the philosophers, the scholars, the world's brilliant debaters? In the 21st century, that would be, where do we leave the social elite? The, the elite media, the professors in college, the people who think they know everything and they need to teach us everything. Where does that leave us today? God has made the wisdom of the world look foolish since God in all of his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He used foolish preaching to save those who believe. So he's saying, God's saying, those people are blind to, to that fact and we have the answers. Let me just say this. This is very important to me. That we live in a, the most beautiful state on the planet. We all agree to that? And for all of its beauty, we have a few little issues that we need to realize as a Christian community. We, remember when I said that Paul was writing to a secular world? Do you, do you understand that there's, there's segments of our population here in Hawaii and across the United States who is desperately trying to push God out of our culture? In Hawaii, when you become a police officer, when are you going to be doing that? February 15th. Give me five on that. Awesome. Made it through the academy. Well done. Not easy. She's going to be a Honolulu uh, police, par police officer. When she goes and does the oath of office that for 160 years said God in it, you know what it's going to say this time? No God. God's completely out of that oath. When you become a fireman, fire, uh, fire person here in Hawaii, what's the right way of saying that? Firefighter. Firefighter. Sorry. By the way, we've become so politically correct that that's what our fear is. You know, that, that's, that's really pulsing through our... When we're trying to share the Lord with someone, we're trying to be so politically correct, we don't say anything. We don't. So when a firefighter becomes a firefighter, and he, they have to stand there and do their oath to serve their world of Hawaii, guess what? God for 160 years was in that oath. Guess what it is today? Not in it. Not. In New York City, just recently... A judge, by the way, the judge, this is what we've got to be praying for. I'm going to give you some things to pray for. But even the, you know, the, the debaters, the philosophers of the first century, today it would be the social elite, the media, and the judges who are trying to, you know, to revise what our, for, our, for, our founding fathers was trying to do here in America. 
But in New York, it said that no, the judges are right. You're right. A church should not be in a school. So, of course, in Hawaii, there's a, there's a group of people who have said, yeah, that's right. Churches should not be in schools. How many churches are in schools? How many schools have churches in them today? All. That's right, Barney. Almost literally 99% of the schools have churches in it today. And we have, a, we have a guy here in Hawaii, Mitch Kale, who's the one that tells us always take down our cross up there, who does, tells us not to pray, who's taken the oaths out of all those, God out of all the oaths, who, if, by the way, if you go to the city council, I prayed before the city council a dozen times before the, before the city council has their, their open meetings, they pray. Guess what it is called today? A word of inspiration. And by the way, don't mention God. Do you know that in when Kamehameha III, you know, he's, he put together really the, kind of the, 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 the Declaration of Independence for Hawaii. Do you remember what it said in there at the very end? This is, what he, this is 160, 70 years ago. He said this, that the life of the land would be perpetuated in righteousness. That's what he said. Basically, he's saying God is in control. In the, in the, uh, in the, in the uh, whatever they call it, the, whatever that is here in Hawaii, the motto, the, whatever it is, it says this. It starts off, it says this, we the people of Hawaii, grateful for our divine guidance. And, and mindful of our Hawaiian heritage and, un, and our uniqueness as an island state, dedicate our efforts to fulfill the f- philosophy, decrees, and state motto, which says the life of the land will be perpetuated in righteousness. And today, that, I guess the people today think that was just a temporary statement. Look at, think of the Declaration of Independence. You know, that was written a long time ago, and they're trying to revise that, take God completely out of that. We are all created by a divine creator with certain inalienable rights. They're trying to take that out. What I'm trying to say is that foolish world is trying to impose their will on us. And, and if we listen to the word and really get into the word and really understand the word, the word says that we, the Christian community, endowed by the creator, loved by the creator, chosen by the creator, filled with the Holy Spirit by the creator, we the Christian community should set the agenda. Are you with me on that? Not that we're going to go out there and be crazy. I'm not saying that. But we're allowing, we have allowed people in the state of Hawaii and the United States at large just to run right past us and we go, keep going. With this idea of political correctness. And you know what? That's not right. The Lord would not be proud of us because when, when it says that I chose you to go produce fruit, I, I think that at some point we're going to have to say, wait, that's wrong. Because just, just on a side, just, I'm just trying to feel your fire. I'm trying to put a little stoking some fire. I'm not thinking you're going to go out there and, you know, burn the world down. But I am trying to put a little world, you know, at the very least pray, at the very least pray, or be a part of the, or the, part of the discussion. I just want you to know that Mitch Kale, who's trying really hard to get New Hope out of Farrington right now. Really hard. And if he succeeds, that's just going to be a domino effect for all the churches that we've planted that are in schools today. By the way, just so you know, he's, 
he wants us to believe what he believes because he has a belief system too. He's actually imposing his belief system on us even though he's saying that we're imposing our belief system on him. He's trying to get us to believe there is no God. When the matter of the fact is, we've all been touched and washed by his blood. And all I want to do is give you the courage to say, you know what, when you walk in the room, I've been redeemed by the Redeemer. I was an ordinary person given to be extraordinary. And the word tells us that this morning. It clearly says that. And I'm gonna, I want you to turn to Romans. I want you to know where this verse is at, and then we'll be done. Romans, the first chapter. Go back, you know, we are in Corinthians. Go back towards the Gospels. One book in Romans. Very important you know where this is at. Everybody turning to Romans with me. The first chapter. Very important you know where this is at. We're going to be in verse 16. It says this, For I am, Paul's writing, For I am not ashamed of this good news. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the word that I've written here. Because I know it's true. It's living, alive. For I am not ashamed of, it, of the good news about God, about Christ. For it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jews first and then the Gentiles. This good news tells us how God made us right in his sight. This is accomplished first from the start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that the righteous person will live. Now in verse 18 it says, God showed his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth about their wickedness. They know the truth about God because it's made, he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Though through everything God has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. I mean, all we have to do is walk outside and go, whoa, that is awesome. Or you can look in the mirror and go, whoa, I am a miracle. Do you realize that there is not one soul on this planet like you? Not one. Seven billion people, not one's like you. You have your own fingerprint, your own footprint, your own voice print, your own eye print. Now sometimes you go into security and they look in your eye to get in the room. By the way, you have your own heartbeat, both physically and emotionally. You care about things that other people couldn't care like. God made you unique like no one else. I want you to know you, didn't, you weren't by accident. You just didn't come from some evolve. You were created by God, uniquely you. And you cannot forget that. So when we, we, the Christian community, should set the agenda and be changing the world. Are you with me on that? So when we read this morning, that's what Paul was saying to the Corinthian church. To live, in a, to live and administer in a very secular society. He's saying that to us too. When you live and work in a very secular society, we set the agenda because we've been touched by the blood of Jesus, by the cross. We've been touched by the cross. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd give us the courage and the boldness to stand for our faith, that we would share our faith with others so others could come and choose you as you choose them. Lord, you, I know you want them. They just put their hands out to not receive you. Let them see 
a reflection of you through us in our lives, Lord, that we could change the world that you put us in, that we could have fruit that would last. Lord, I pray that you would give us assignments every day, that we would be aware of those assignments to share your love with others. I pray that in Jesus' name, Lord. And I also pray for anyone in this room who hasn't come to know you, to understand the cross, who has feel like you're, you just know that God's tugging on your heart, but you haven't come to a place where you said, yes, that is for me. I want to have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I want to be forgiven of my sins. If that's you, I want you to hitchhike on this prayer right now. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, change my perspective, change my life. Come live with me, Lord. Put your arms around me and love me like it's said in the word that I would experience the height, the width, the length, the depth of your love for me, Lord, like I've never experienced before, Lord. I pray that you would allow them to tangibly feel your presence in your life and that you'd be, they'd be transformed like Tasha was with your blood and your love. In Jesus' name, amen.